This episode is brought to you by the Plant-Centered Retreat, a four-day, three-night, 100% plant-based retreat located in Durham, North Carolina. Katie and I are your hosts. There will be educational workshops, massages, yoga, tons of plant-based deliciousness, of course, and my personal favorite, connection with like-minded women. We can only host 10 women and there are three spots left. If you'd like to join us or want to learn more, check out the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here, you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. My name is Ashley, and today I have a wonderful guest with me. So a few weeks ago over Easter, I attended a vegan Mexican cooking class, and it was amazing. It was at a local animal sanctuary here in North Carolina. It's in Pittsburgh, North Carolina. And Mercedes was teaching the class and that is our guest today. So Mercedes is originally from Texas and she moved to North Carolina with her partner about three years ago. She became vegan four years ago after forming an incredible bond with her rabbit, Theodore. And y'all, when she told this story, as we were you know, participating in this cooking demo, that just, it touched my heart so deeply. I was like, Katie and I both, we were, we were attending the class. We're like, we have to have Mercedes on the podcast. And so I'm so grateful that she gets to join us today and that she gets to share her story with you. She enjoys lifting photography and recreating her favorite dishes as a child to fit her current lifestyle. Please join me in welcoming Mercedes to the show. Welcome to the show, Mercedes. Hi, how are you? <laughs> good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I feel like it's been a long time, no see. I know. I had explained before having you on about how I first was introduced to you with the vegan Mexican cooking class a few weeks ago and how incredible it was and how Katie and I were like, oh my goodness, we have to have Mercedes on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy. So before we dive into everything, I'm curious to learn just more about your journey to veganism and what, what brought you here? So in August, it'll be four years that me and my partner have been vegan and it was all because of a rabbit. I know that sounds so silly, but I actually did photography back in Texas and there was like a pet shop going out of business. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get rabbit for Easter photos. And that's honestly how it started. And I picked him up and he had all these health conditions Mm -hmm. and he became like our baby. (laughs) And I was clean one day. And obviously I was desensitized from not knowing, hey, don't pick up a rabbit for Easter photos. You know, you're not really thinking. So yeah, I was cleaning one day, was using like all these harsh chemicals to clean. And his eyes are watering because we had him free roam in apartment. Yeah. And I didn't click two and two together. So I take him to the vet and the vet is like, you, are you using these harsh chemicals with like super fragrance, all these things? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, those products are tested on rabbits. 
And I was really surprised. So I went home and like did this deep dive on like cruelty-free stuff. So then I started buying cruelty-free stuff. And me and my partner are sitting down maybe like three or four months in to buying just cruelty-free. And he looks over at me like, man, we're kind of like hypocrites. And I was like, what do you mean? Mm. And he was, and Theo, Theo would sit with us and eat. And he was like, we care so much about like what we use to clean things, but we're not really caring about what's in our body and gets there. And we only love Theo because he's our rabbit. But so, you know, so it opened up this big thing for us and we wanted to be vegan or like plant-based on our own beliefs. Like Mike didn't want to go vegan because of me. I didn't want to go vegan because of Mike. We yep. wanted to make sure we had our own reasons. And yeah. And so that's what started it. <laughs> Your sweet, sweet rabbit, Theodore, which we, when we turn this into a blog post, we'll include a picture of, of your, your, your of your rabbit. Cause he's just so yes. precious and I know he means a lot to you. Yes. So much. Yes. Cause yeah. he, he literally changed our whole, yeah, we had him for a decade. So how can you not make an wow. impact, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so from there, which I think is really fascinating, it's actually not something that we've talked a lot on the podcast about the products that we buy or that we bring into the house. We talk a lot about what we put into our body, but we don't talk a lot about like what, maybe what we put on top of our body or what we're like cleaning our counters with. And it sounds like that was a pretty strong connection for y'all in that, wow, like my, my, here, my rabbit is having this reaction to these harsh chemicals. And it kind of made you take a second look at what you're bringing into your household from like a non-food perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why so much of at least like our journey was like, oh, we're plant-based. And then it was kind of going into veganism because of the products and how they were tested. And it was like, and we don't want to like buy shoes with leather. Oh, we got to like, let's make sure all our products are like cruelty-free and even trying to find products that weren't just greenwashing and really like cruelty-free. But it, it it's such like a a big impact on us, especially our lifestyle with like, I love makeup. Makeup is something that's usually tested on rabbits and also animals. And so really like sending email after email after email to to makeup brands and like, okay, well, no, you're cruelty-free, but are you vegan friendly? And all these like other questions and then being transparent with me, you know? Yep. And that's a good point too, because just because something is cruelty free doesn't mean that it's also going to be vegan. So Mm -hmm. if this is also, you know, for you listening, something that you're also interested in, you know, if you're kind of getting into the cruelty free products and you also value things that are plant-based or vegan, um, kind of Mm -hmm. taking note of those is really important as well. And we'll include a couple of links in the show notes, just in case you want to explore more and read more, because it is, it's, it's something important to kind of just take note of. And it sounds like for you, that's really like a big catalyst to what inspired where you are today. Yes, literally everything. Like there were so many cruelty-free creators on like YouTube and, you know, platforms I would look on, even Tumblr at that time. And then I was like, oh wait, like none of them are like vegetarian or, you know, a lot of them still ate meat. And I was like, so it was kind of like going backwards for me. Okay. So Mercedes, if I have the timeline, correct. Were you in Texas at this time when you started transitioning? Yes. Okay. So Um, how did that go? So we live in, or we lived in a Victoria, Texas, like two hours south of Houston, two hours south of everything, Austin, you know, San Antonio, just two hours away from everything. Um, where there were no options the you know we have like 
I think for Whataburgers or What A Burger in town down each street, which is like a big known, it's like Texas In and Out. I mean, it was hard. There was, it was, I think, just around the time Beyond Meat came out. So it was like their their first burger. And I remember being like, what are we going to eat? And going to stores and just getting like a bunch of legumes, like lentils and whole foods, you know, rice, beans, all these things. I still felt like I couldn't cook anything out of and be satisfied. So I also grew up very poor. So rice and beans were like up there. And I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> it is, it's definitely a privilege to buy a bunch of like Beyond Burgers or, you know, Beyond Sausages, you know, not everyone wants to eat rice and beans every day. Growing, like I said, growing up poor, I did not want to eat rice and beans every day, but it was what, you know, you had what you had to do. And so we had bought, I remember we had bought Beyond Burgers and I cooked them and I did so by the instructions and I was like, I don't think we can do this. Oh my gosh. Like, what are we going to do? And I remember that night I drove to the Whataburger and I ordered a burger and I'm in the drive-thru and I get there and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't do it. And I'm like crying. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the yeah. lady is looking at me like, what is wrong with her? Right. And so I pay for the meal anyways. And I tell it to just give it to someone else. And I go in the parking lot and I just cry my eyes out because I was like, I can't do this anymore, but I don't know how not because it's so mm. There's just so much meat surrounding you, barbecue, like all these things. But we made it through. I'm honestly, I don't think we're the healthiest. I think potatoes were the main staple, definitely, like every day. Uh huh. But yeah. it worked, and and then we started incorporating other things. Also, looking at it like, oh, I can't have this or I can't have that, and then changing it to like, oh, I could have all these things I've never tried before never had tried jackfruit, never had tried, you know, asparagus, like things like that. Well, and I really appreciate you being transparent about going to what a burger and yeah, (laughs) sharing that story. Cause I know that there are a lot of people listening. And I remember even myself of just like, you're, you, you feel this desire or, you know, that like going vegan or going plant-based is like the right thing for you or the right thing for the animals. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's, it's hard because you're going against going against with quotes, like the way that you were raised or the foods that you're surrounded by. And I know so many people can relate to a similar experience where maybe they go and and have meat, but they feel really guilty or or bad about it, or, you know, maybe they give it to somebody else. And it's kind of this, this battle for a little while until you really find, you know, your feet and really figure out how to make it work for you with what you have access to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that was the hardest part is trying to, is you know, was trying to figure out how to, especially with having all our family there, how were we going to do this at events? And Mexicans love to get together. How was I going to, and I was a wedding photographer in Texas. How was I going to explain to my clients that, because usually they provided a meal that I was vegan and how, you know, so I started not telling them and just bringing my own because I didn't want them to mess up. And I didn't want to honestly explain it. Because a lot of my clients had like ranches and had, you know, farms, like it's a Texas thing. And so it was really difficult at first, um, you know, and my family thinking maybe I don't want to be, you know, I don't want the culture's food anymore. Right. You know, kind of being offended. 
mm-hmm. and trying to you know remind them, hey, um, I I do love who I am. I just want to change it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that brings up a good point too. How did you manage that with your family of like, Hey, this is, this is basically what I'm going to be doing now, or this is really important to me, but still attend these get togethers kind of like how, like culturally how your family reacted to that too, because I'm sure there's some strong cultural foods (laughs) that y'all were familiar with or that you had at these get togethers and you're no longer participating in that. So how did that all go? Man, if, if I'm honest, it was really, really hard, you know, and if I'm, I'm going to be super transparent, my, you know, some of my family were like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you trying to be white? It's exactly what they mm-hmm. told me. And obviously, you know, it's because it's looked at like that. But I remember being like, it's not about that at all. And having like explained to them why I felt the need that this is important, um, not only for animals, but like within my body, I was like the heaviest I've ever been, um, had never really had a period. And mm. I had a period for the first time when I went vegan. Wow. Um, yeah. It's super, it's a super cool. Yeah. And so, um, you know, dealing with all that and my acne was absolutely horrible. It was so painful that they knew I had to do something. So maybe they didn't agree with it at first, but now they, it's okay. Um, my grandma still doesn't get it, but she is, you know what, if that works for you, it works for you. And because I did the cooking class, she was like, I'd love for you to make that for me. Um, when you come down, which is something I never thought she would say. So I do a lot of things that my family probably wish I wouldn't. So yep. <laughs> it's yep. okay. some of the stories that you shared in the cooking class, I mean, everyone was laughing because it was just like, you're like, oh, yeah. you know, someone says, don't do this. And then I do it or don't do that. And then I do it. Yeah. So I think that's fantastic. You beat by your own drum, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. It sounds like your family too could see you changing. It was almost like you were evolving into this person that you knew that you were meant to be, you know, whether it was like, uh, just how you felt or physically, or even just like living a life that felt more aligned by not eating animal products or using animal um, products that were tested on animals. So do you think that, that the more they saw you kind of like, I don't know, exuberating this, like maybe higher energy or just feeling better. Do you think that they were more supportive because of that? Yeah, definitely. And Theo, they all also really loved Theo. Oh, like they, of you know, so they got so they my mom called him, you know, like her grandbaby. So they all had that special connection with Theo, even though, you know, my family had eaten rabbits. My girl's favorite, you know, my grandpa's favorite meal was with rabbits. But yeah. everyone loved Theo. And so they got that connection first off. But then, you know, they saw that I was losing weight. They saw that I was going to the gym, they saw that my acne was not giving me crippling anxiety to where I didn't want to go to the grocery store. You know, they saw these like positive changes. I remember I called my mom and was like, I got my period. And I was like, super excited. And that was a big thing for me. So yeah, they saw a big change. My mom's also diabetic and has had like three strokes Mm. the past few years. And so if I'm honest, like that was a also a really big reason when we were looking into it, when me and Mike were doing our own research, I was like, I don't want to be on medicine and I don't want to get diabetes and I don't want to, you know, it was, it was a lot. And so she saw that and obviously didn't want that for me either. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Kind of like doing what you could to also like take care of your health. So in the long term, maybe you don't have some of those chronic diseases that you've seen other family members develop. Yes. Yeah. So how did it go as you're transitioning, you know, did any like family come on board? Has anyone like transitioned since you've transitioned? (laughs) Mike's family, Mike's parents are very like meat and potatoes every day, Um, (laughs) like all the time. So any holiday, obviously I would, so I would cook everything at our house and then just take everything. I don't care if it was like mashed potatoes or green bean casserole. Like, even if it was a little thing, I was like, I'm going to take it. And if they try it, then they try it. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause me and Mike have always been like the weird little, you know, couple, you know, <laughs> Mike might have pink hair. I might have green hair. It is what it is. So yeah. It wasn't unusual for them, but they were like, that's just a weird thing Mercedes and Mike are going through, you know? So we'd bring it. And my sister-in-law at the time was like, man, I, I, you know, I'll try it. And then my other sister-in-law was like, I'll try it. And Mike's parents didn't try it at first, but everyone was like, this is really good. So then Mike's mom tried it. And, you know, that was like the first holiday. The second holiday, or I brought vegan tamales. Oh. And they... And everyone was eating them. It didn't, they didn't matter that it was vegan or not. And so that was really, really cool. And then uh, they asked if they could come when we moved um, to North Carolina, they could come visit. And so we do have a boundary, like we don't allow dairy or meat in our house. This boundary is one, because none of my, like all my new pots and pans when we moved here, I've never had meat or yeah. dairy. And so that's one thing. In our household, we'd like it for, we'd let people know before they come. And they were like, you know, that's fine. So they fly here for about a week. And we thought that they were going to be very not about it. But I made like a vegan beef and broccoli with like bao bun, egg rolls. And I made um, like meatloaf. And Mm -hmm. I made all these things that everyone honestly didn't mind eating. And I thought they were lying to me because they were like, this is so good. And they would get it seconds. And I was like, oh gosh, I hope they're like, <laughs> they actually like, you know, and then they went home and they were like, you know, they back home and on January, like, I think the first week of January, they called and they were like, we're going to go vegan. Like we want to be plant-based. We want to be vegan. Yeah. And I was, and they have, and they, yeah. And they rescued a Boston Terrier. So they also have mm-hmm. that, like, you know, Boston Terriers have a lot of breeding problems. Yeah. So they were like, man, you know, we were like, we can eat everything we want to eat. Cause my whole thing is you don't have to take away anything. You just have to modify it, you know? So I can have tamales. I could have enchiladas. I could have steak or mm-hmm. whatever. It's just, I just have to veganize it. And it's not as hard as people think it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I liked that you said you set boundaries in your household. And I want the listener to know that as well, that you are 100% entitled to set those boundaries in your household. If that's what you want to do, if you don't want meat or dairy to come into your house, then that is totally okay. And another thing Mercedes has been doing that I wanted to point out too, is how she is like showcasing how delicious eating vegan can be by making the food, bringing it to family events and not necessarily like forcing people to try it, but it's like, it's there. If you want Mm -hmm. it, you can have it. And it sounds like that has gone a long way too. You know, one of the things my sister, long brother-in-law told me is because we weren't so forceful about it is the whole reason why they said could do this. 
And it was because, you know, she had said, I knew we would go there and maybe I would feel better. And she was like, <laughs> I felt better. Like this might be TMI, but GI, like my GI was feeling better. She's like, she was like, I felt great. She's like, I didn't feel like we had to, you know, um, like cheat per se. And she yeah. was like, I felt great, you know? So it was, it was really, really awesome to see them transition. And oh. but yeah, just knowing like, you don't have to be so forceful about it. And I think that food really brings people together. When we first went vegan, we were very like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to sit by anyone who eats meat. But then it was like, whoa, 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 wait. I was the person eating meat. I was also that person saying, I would never be vegan. So yes. you you have to check yourself sometimes. And um, for me, my relationships are important based on, you know, memories and how long I've been in someone's life and how important they are to me and not really based off of their lifestyle is, you know? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And that's such an important thing to note too. And I remember this when I first went uh, vegan slash plant-based is like, it was like, everyone needs to do it. Everyone has to be 100%, you know, it's like the veils lifted from your own eyes. And so you're like, everyone has to see what I see. But I like what you said too, is like, you also have to remember that you once didn't see food this way, or you once weren't eating this way, which can be really helpful to remember. Like you said, when you're sitting next to somebody who maybe is still eating meat or still eating dairy, because you never know where their journey is going to take them or even what impact Mm -hmm. you're going to have on them. Mm -hmm. Maybe being just like rude about it. Isn't going to make someone want to change either. You know, you have to be like lenient, at least with your friendships is what I think. Cause I'm not really someone's friend because of what they eat, you know, they're a friend because of what type of person they are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So Mercedes, how was it for you as you were kind of going down this road of veganism to, like you said, you're kind of adapting some of these cultural dishes that you grew up with that are really important to your family. How, how was that? And how did that kind of go over? Obviously they love the tamales. We know that, but kind of how did that that go for everybody? (laughs) Mostly yourself. Um, yeah. So it w- I'm not going to lie and say it was super easy. It was hard because I grew up never seeing my grandparents, you know, measure anything. And they used a lot of chicken stock. They used a lot of, um, I mean, my grandparents grinded their own meat for tamales, you know, yeah. and we would all help spread the masa and, and, you know, put the filling in there. And it was a big transition as in learning how to like find things that maybe matched or gave me that same kind of like nostalgic feeling of eating all these great foods that they prepared for us. But, you know, there were times where I burned things or (laughs) I didn't add enough flavor. And thankfully, Mike, he will not let food go to waste. So he just ate it anyways. (laughs) Uh, And there were times where I couldn't. But, you know, (laughs) I guess just playing, not playing around with it, but literally seeing what can I do? How can I modify it? And almost having it be like a challenge. Like I I really want to, if my parents, which my parents did visit North Carolina, you know, if my parents come, how am I going to like feed them? Because they love all these foods and finding out I can make, you know, homemade tortillas with like cassava flour or like just anything better. And it's really cool because when they came to visit my mom's numbers for her diabetes were so normal that her body was in shock from how normal they were. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like, and it was, it was so incredible, but so, you know, also so sad when you think about it because of what we eat and what we put in our bodies and how it really affects you, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, overall it was like, it's always really challenging, but it's really rewarding when I, I feel like I made something and it's my go-to. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of nostalgic dishes, describe to us what you made or describe to the listeners, what you made for us, those of us who are sitting in the audience during your vegan Mexican cooking class. Um, that was like so, <laughs> so delicious. So I made a vegan video, um, you know, or vegan video tacos. Um, and I made a tres leches cake, which if you're in Texas, tres leches cake is like everything. It's everyone's birthday cake. It's my partner's favorite cake in the whole world. So like we, all the time, we would always get that. You can use the like, you know, the video sauce to by itself. You can eat it as like a soup. It's like, a, I always call it like a fancy quesadilla <laughs> is what I call it. Cause yeah. it is what, it, it is kind of what it is, um, but it's fried and it's so good. I used jackfruit, but I've used, you know, my partner kind of, it's funny. He'll call me like a bougie vegan. Cause I'll get like, sometimes I'll, I like, you know, the sweet earth chicken and like shred it up even more. Yep. Or sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm too lazy and I'm going to go get jackfruit or I want to be more cost effective with our budget. So I'm going to use mushrooms or so you can do so many things. I love it. Cause it's about the sauce, honestly. And that kind of is what makes anything in that feeling taste good. So Yep. And one thing that I took away, well, I took a lot of things away from your cooking class, but one thing in particular was when you were talking about the jackfruit, because you know how jackfruit sometimes has like an off taste or you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is definitely jackfruit just because it has a strong flavor to it. One thing that was really helpful mm-hmm. that I learned from Mercedes for you listening was that you rinsed your jackfruit multiple, multiple times and oh, yeah. you recommended buying young jackfruit. Was that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, young jackfruit. And the flavors are completely different. If Even if you just pop open a can and you you taste it like raw, it's it's definitely like the flavors are so different. So I will do that a lot. I'll like open cans everywhere <laughs> and like try things. But young jackfruit also just shreds better. You can marinate it. You can make like street tacos, like a steak style. You do so many things with young jackfruit. Yeah. And I will say too, I, and Mercedes knows this, I recreated her Trace Leches cake and it was not as good. It was still delicious, but I'm like, oh, Mercedes was just <laughs> so good. She set the bar so high. Oh no. <laughs> it was probably, it was, it was it the milk? Did you use the milk? You used all the coconut. I did. I used all the, well, I was actually really glad to find. So I found the evaporated coconut milk and then condensed mm-hmm. coconut milk at Whole Foods, which was great. But Mercedes, I use some gluten. Well, not some, I use gluten-free flour. And I think oh, that, that was yeah. like the difference. Oh, I need okay. to test it a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, Mercedes- no, I'd love to know. I'd love to know like anything that you test because, yep. um, yeah. Well, it was funny because I made it for someone's birthday and everyone, everyone loved it, but I'm like, Oh, Mercedes, it, I don't know. She just had something. It was just so much better for some reason. <laughs> so it was still really delicious though. Oh, yay. Well, that makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was so fun. So for someone who is listening and is kind of maybe kind of where you were four ish years ago and struggling, they, they feel this pull to make the change but maybe there's some strong cultural ties to the food that they're a part of or the, mm-hmm. the family get togethers that they go to. What would you say to someone who's maybe thinking about transitioning or transitioning now? And, and there are some pain points or some struggles that keep arising. Oh man. You know, I think 
at the end of the day, really knowing why this is for you and like kind of sitting down and soaking in that knowing, you know, why you're doing it is so much bigger than like five minutes worth of food, you know, Mm. because it doesn't, you know, like I said, it benefits animals, obviously, but it benefits you, your health. And I love my culture. I I love, you know, I love my family so much, but that does mean I want to have, you know, (laughs) their genetics when it comes to disease and, and getting, you know, getting these horrible things like diabetes and having strokes and cancer. I don't want any of those. And you can still eat so many things that remind you of who you are and where you come from without, you know, without harming something or harming yourself. And I think that I always have to think to myself, my body does so much for me, um, you know, and I need to take care of it just as much as it takes care of me. So at the end of the day, it's more of a like mind over matter type thing. And people can say what they want or maybe tease you or make fun of you. My family does that a lot. Um, But at the end of the day, I know that I'm doing, you know, the best for me. Um, I think just remembering that, you know, you can do it. uh, It's just, it'll be hard, but you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. There's still going to be challenges that arise, but it's definitely in the realm of possibilities for you to achieve and going back, like Mercedes said to that strong, why, like why you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing is what's most important. It doesn't really matter what anyone else is doing. It matters what you're doing. And if you feel like that's the best path for you, then that's fantastic. Yeah. No. And whether you do it for the planet or for health or for yourself, it doesn't, it all benefits something, you know? Yep. Yeah, it really, it really does. Yeah. And I feel like once you learn one thing, kind of like what you were talking about, like Theodore and um, the animal pro- or the cleaning products were like a big reason why you started changing, but it's like, when, once you learn one thing, mm-hmm. then that just opens the doors to all of these other things that you start learning about how oh. eating this way can benefit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And my best friend went vegan. Um, so we have a good little vegan community when we go back to Texas, you know? Yeah. Um, and she just had a baby and had a baby, you know, being vegan. And so her partner's vegan and they have a vegan baby. So it's just ah. like, or a plant-based baby. So yeah. yeah. So it's really cool because you can see it in all. And that was a big challenge for them, you know? So, um, oh. and all these different ways you can see how, I don't know, it, at the end of the day, you can still make it for you. It, it just will be challenging, but you kind of learn through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like with your testimony too, you're really walking the walk and just showcasing how good you feel and what your body's capable of and how, you know, making all these connections. And I think that's really important too. It's not necessarily talking or forcing people to try and change or see it your way, but really just showcasing that, Hey, this is achievable and you can live a really enjoyable, delicious lifestyle eating this way Mm -hmm. without compromising anything, especially your culture. Yes. No. And that is what I always try to like tell people is, um, cause I, like I said, I used to be in that was like, I don't want to sit by people who eat meat or I don't want to like be in this and the same thing. And then I noticed like, man, I, like this is going to be a pretty lonely life. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. although I am very, I am very introverted. Like I want to make sure that I'm not distancing myself from people who have always been there my entire life, just yeah. because they don't, they don't get it yet. And I remember how desensitized I was from it. How could it not be, you know, it's yeah. in everything, no matter what it is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so glad that Piedmont Animal Farm Refuge brought us together, that they hosted this wonderful 
uh, vegan Mexican cooking class. It was so much fun. And I'm so glad that we were able to just watch you cook and taste some of your food, which was like the highlight of <laughs> my week. Um, and then also we're actually going to have Lenore on the podcast to talk more about the refuge <gasps> and everything. So I'm really excited to have her on. That's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I love her. <laughs> yeah, she, she really is. So, well, Mercedes, again, thank you so much for coming on and being transparent and sharing your story and just all the wonderful things that you're doing. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, you're such a light and I hope you know that your podcast doing like some remarkable things. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.